worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, to begin with. Chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea shore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, But having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming 
the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn into, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Verses 1 through 40, all of Hebrews chapter 11. Father, we thank you for the wonderful message and many messages of Hebrews chapter 11, which often may be referred to as the Hall of Fame of Faith. Thank you, Lord, for the example and the stories behind the lives of every person mentioned directly or indirectly through this powerful passage in the Word of God. Father, more and more help us to grow in our understanding of the need for us to be a people who Live and walk by faith every day, every moment of the day. And help us to recognize, Lord, that what a blessing it is for us to be individual men and women who love you, dads and moms and individuals, period, that are seeking to serve you more and more. Help us to grow an understanding of the critical need for us to make it a goal to always, always, always operate in all that we do by faith. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for those in our listening family who set a good example to those around them of living by faith, by leaning on you, depending on you, casting all their cares upon you. Father, we pray for our listening family. There are so many needs. There's so much going on in the world and sowing so much going on in our individual neighborhoods, our individual families. We pray for our listeners that they would lean on you, that they would depend on you, that uh, you would bless them in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. Thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Today here on the Hour of Intercession, we're looking at the topic, A Mother's Faith. And we want to look in particular at just certain uh, moms in the Word of God that are good role models or individuals we can learn important life lessons on faith from. So 
we're encouraging you to hope hope that you'll take time to write down the scriptures, the passages that we share. Go back and read over them again. But to begin with, at this point, we're going to take time to share an article. I want to once again want to share, encourage you to email us to get a copy of it, an article that's a good tool to use as a discipleship tool. The, the title of the article is A Mother's Journey of Faith. Exodus chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Exodus 2, 2-4. Then Exodus chapter 2, verses 7 to 10. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of the water. Again, Exodus chapter 2, verses 7 to 10. In the book of Exodus chapter 1, we can find the account of a woman of faith and God's hand of grace working together in a beautiful way. Jacobed, a young Hebrew mother, had just given birth to a baby boy. Her son was born to her at a uniquely difficult time and place in the history of the Hebrew people. The Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had issued a command that the Hebrew people were to throw their baby boys away in the river. They were commanded by the government to kill their own little boys. Jacobed, along with her husband, in an act of faith, hid their baby boy for three months, according to Hebrews chapter 11. Then, after it became difficult to continue to hide their little boy, she got a basket, took steps to make it waterproof, Then she placed her baby boy in the river. Be mindful that Jacobed was by no means giving up her son to die. She, in faith, placed her son in the hands of God as she placed him into the river. From Exodus chapter 1 and into chapter 2, we see that God used a number of people to preserve the life of the God-ordained deliverer of Israel. In chapter 1, two midwives, Shipra and Puah, courageously defied the orders of Pharaoh and refused to kill the Hebrew baby boys. He had ordered them to kill the boys immediately after they were born, yet these two women bravely decided that they were not going to do this. The word of God tells us in chapter 1, verse 17, But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. In the midst of their courageous actions to serve and follow God, they probably saved the life of a little boy named that little boy named Moses. They demonstrated the kind of faith and courage all believers are called to walk in, and every believer would be wise to ask themselves, do I follow Christ with the same kind of courage that Shipra and Pua demonstrated? In Exodus chapter 2, we see too that God also used Moses' sister Miriam when the Pharaoh's daughter and those with her discovered Moses in the basket in the river a miracle took place. Miriam, probably observing Pharaoh's daughter's compassionate reaction to the crying baby, very wisely speaks up with a wonderful suggestion. Then his sister says to Pharaoh's daughter, 
Shall I go and call, call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Exodus 2, verses 7 to 8. What a wonderful work of grace God wrought, probably in answer to a prayer of Jacobed. She may very well have prayed a prayer such as, Lord, I refuse to throw my beautiful baby boy that you gave to us into the river. Instead, I place him in your hands. And Lord, somehow keep my little boy safe and bring him back to us. Even though Amram, Amram and I don't have much money, if you bring him back, we'll trust you to provide. And Lord, somehow use him for your glory. Again, the prayer is not mentioned, but there's a great possibility that Jacobed prayed a prayer just like that one. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Exodus 2, 9-10 Praise God, praise God, praise God. Only God could orchestrate a series of events so beautifully and artistically. God used a young mother with a heart of faith who trusted God and defied the wicked orders of a ruthless king. And not only did Jacobed get to receive her baby boy back, but God also arranged for her to get paid by the government to raise her baby for a time. And as it turned out, Pharaoh fed, clothed, and housed the deliverer of Israel for a time right in his own house. This is the deliverer God would use to deliver the children of Israel out of slavery and out of Egypt. Like this wonderful account of what happened to Jacobed and Moses, we too are called to trust God and follow him in all circumstances. In the midst of life, with all of its storms and challenges, every believer is called to put their faith to work. We often are called to believe God to do the impossible. Like Jacobed learned, we're wise to learn that the God we serve can do the impossible whenever we need him to. An important truth and insight to be drawn from this part of Moses' life is this simple yet profound truth. The just shall live by faith in all circumstances. Again, the title of the article, A Mother's Journey of Faith. Email us at joseph at afr.net if you'd like to get a copy. We'll be right back.
music of Mendisa with God Speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, A Mother's Faith, and looking at faith lessons that we can draw from mothers in the Word of God. And, and as we began the broadcast, we started out by reading Hebrews chapter 11. And, you know, some interesting truths, you know, of course, Hebrews chapter 11 is a powerful chapter, period, in so many ways. Obviously, it makes the statement that is, that's a critically important statement for believers to understand for all times, under all circumstances. Verse 6 tells us, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's very important for every believer, every man and woman of faith, every father and mother of faith, every grandfather, grandmother, every boy, every girl, we're all called to live by faith. And as tough as it is to hear, it's important to understand that, you know, not only is worry not acceptable, worry is actually a sin. Now, we don't like to say that, but the reality is worry is actually a sin. Worry is a, a failure to trust God. On the other hand, as we learn to put our faith to work, God will demonstrate to us time and time again that he is God. He is God, and he can do the impossible under any and all circumstances. So that's one of many reasons why reading and meditating on Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 often is a very wise thing to do because remember, as I, a statement I like to say sometimes is that as believers, if we're wise, we will be students in the school of faith who never graduate. Because we're always to be studying and learning more and more how to put our faith to work. Because, again, if we want to please God, we have to put our faith to work. Well, that goes for mothers as well as dads as well. So as we're looking at the topic mothers of faith, it's very helpful to recognize that, that yes, God calls upon all moms as well to trust God for, on behalf of their children, to trust God to help their children, to trust God to help them to be the godly kind of mothers God would have them to be. Interesting to note that in Hebrews 11, even though it may not mention many women per se, but it's actually implied that there are a number of women of faith who are, you might say, are sort of behind the scenes in Hebrews chapter 11. Namely, specifically now, keep in mind, now, of course, Sarah is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. But, you know, Abraham is known as the father of faith. Well, in a sense, you could say Sarah was the mother of faith. They both believed God to have a child when Abraham was right at 100 years old and Sarah was right about 90 years old. And if you can picture again what that must have been like when people seeing maybe saw Sarah as you were expecting, and some might think, well, look at there, there's a grandma that's expecting a baby. Well, she was up there. But the fact is God did the impossible, and she had a child even at that age. But also Rahab, who is also Mentioned in the genealogy of Christ is listed in Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, also Ruth is basically, you might say, implied in Hebrews chapter 11 as well. But And keep in mind, all the women in the genealogy of Christ, all of them are women of faith, women who trusted God through often difficult and tough circumstances to be moms who would bear children, who would be a part of the genealogy that would lead to the coming of the Messiah of the people of Israel. So again, every woman listed or alluded to in the genealogy of Christ, every mom that's referred to directly or indirectly, she was a mother of faith 
in the Word of God. It's important that you and I understand that with every challenge, for every mom listening and really every other believer as well, it's important that we trust God in every situation. When the storms are raging around you, when difficult things are going on in your own life, in the lives of your family, in the lives of your children, what's the response? How are we to respond? The right response is, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. In fact, it's wise to speak that out loud. Why? Because, you know, when you speak the Word of God, when you stand on the truths of God's Word, that's one of the ways you release your faith. And keep in mind, too, sometimes in life, one of the reasons why it's so wise for us to speak the promises of God's Word out loud is because sometimes the noise and the the attacks of the enemy so uh, can be so loud in life and even sort of loud in your head that unless you speak the Word of God, God out loud, the thoughts of doubt and worry may seem to try to drown our faith out. So speaking the Word of God is just a wise way to do daily battle in our daily faith walk. Stand on the promises of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? So moms need to put their faith to work on an ongoing basis on their own behalf, on behalf of their families, on behalf of their children. And yet, keep in mind, everyone else needs to do the same thing as well. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have of being able to walk with you in faith, trust you, listen to you, and obey you, and look to you to be the provider in all circumstances, in all situations. More and more, help us to know, Lord, that we trust our lives, our families, our children to you each and every day. We thank you and praise you for that opportunity. And Lord, thank you for the fact that you can be trusted. Your word can be trusted. Your word is a reliable anchor and rock for us to stand on. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Looking with, uh, turning with me now, 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, a familiar story, but a powerful story, a powerful account. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning at verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me. And afterward make some for yourself and your son. But thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household, household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Verses 8 to 16, 1 Kings chapter 17. Now this is again a, a well-known story, an account from the word of God, 
but it has some powerful lessons, uh, obviously, for, for mothers to put their faith to work, but also lessons for all of us to learn from this mother as she's seeking to take care of her only son in the midst of a situation of poverty. Note here, God is continually seeking to teach us truth, truth that if we take and apply it, it'll bless our lives and bless the world around us as well. Remember, we're to always be seeking to learn truth through the Word of God, but remember this, truth is always meant to be applied. We're never to read and study the Word of God with the goal of just saying, well, now I know something, even though there's nothing I need to do with it. The goal is to always apply the truths that you learn. Well, here we see God sends Elijah to a city called Zarephath, and God lets him know that he's commanded a widow to provide for him. Now, this might have needed, well, this probably obviously was a situation where obviously Elijah had to put his faith to work as well because Elijah probably thought to himself, Lord, I don't need a widow to take care of me. I can take care of myself. But now the fact is Elijah was an obedient individual. So he goes to Zarephath and comes to the gate and sees a widow gathering sticks. And he calls out and asks for water, and she quickly goes to get the water. So apparently water was available. But then he asks for a piece of bread. And then she, she responds by telling him, As the Lord God your lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. We see, again, remember, the famine is going on in the land of Israel at this point in time because of the sin of the leadership of the nation and the sin of the nation as well. And so it was people were having a hard time because of the present circumstance. Well, so in the midst of the famine, this widow has in mind to eat one last meal for her and her precious son, and they will die. Well, Elijah comes, but he comes speaking the word of God. And remember this, we live in a world full of problems and trouble and difficulty. But remember, God's word always has answers for the challenges of life. In either direct statement or in principle, God's word always has an answer for no matter what the problem might be. In this case, this woman was down to her last meal. But Elijah comes to bring a word from God. He tells her, go make a cake uh, for, with the oil and flour that you have for me first. In other words... He's the man of God, the servant of God, and he represents God. And so his directive from his directive from the Lord is for her to make a biscuit basically for him first. And, of course, God was going to bless her for that. But she had a decision. She had to decide, I'm going to believe and trust God and his word, or I'm going to lean to my own thinking and my own thoughts because I'm thinking to myself, there's not much for me and my son to begin with. And you mean I got to share it with the prophet and give him some first? She had to decide if she was going to put her faith and trust in God and his word or to lean to her own mind and thinking. She chose to trust God. She chose to put her faith to work. She made a cake with the oil and flour that she had for Elijah first. And by God's grace, when she went back to the flour and oil bins, there was more oil and more flour. So she was able to fix a meal for Elijah and her and her son as well. And the next day, God had... Again, God multiplied the flour and the oil so that day after day after day, each time she went back, God had multiplied the flour and the oil so she was provided for for many, many days, all the way at least through the end of the famine. Well, you see, that's the God that we serve. God calls all believers and all entities in the kingdom of God to be givers. 
You know, the world would have said, Elijah, no, go take the widow two bags of groceries. But God, God's word to the widow was, give to God first. You know, one of the truths that I, I li- I'd really like to help believers grasp is all of us are called to be believers who give tithes and offerings faithfully to the Lord. Because one of the reasons why is tithing doesn't take away from you. It blesses you. All God does is he receives your tithe and he turns around and multiplies it back to you. All of us are called to be generous givers to the kingdom of God. And God will always, always bless that. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you give us as followers of you to be givers. Thank you for the many important lessons we learn from being givers. And thank you for the fact that we get to follow in your footsteps as we function as givers in the world. Anoint us afresh with the wisdom and grace to be cheerful givers. Believers who look for opportunities to give to you your work in your kingdom, knowing this, that you told us in your word, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give it to your bosom. For with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured back to you again. Lord, help us to know, Lord, that as we learn to be givers, those who give tithes and offerings to you, you'll bless it, you'll be glorified, and your will will be done. Thank you for being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking today at the topic, Mothers of Faith. And I want to remind you once again, again, with the article we shared earlier, as well as any articles we share. If you want to get a copy, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And the article we shared earlier was A Mother's Journey of Faith. We'll be right back.
music from The Walls Group with All Praise Goes to You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Just want to remind our listeners, American Family Association's uh, upcoming Marriage and Family Life Conference 2023 is just a few weeks away. The dates are July 6th through the 8th, and it will take place at the Cadence Bank Arena here in Tupelo, Mississippi. It will actually be two conferences in one. Marriage Family Life 23 includes a youth apologetics track for youth ages 4 to 17. The cost is adults $75 per person and children $50 per person ages 4 to 17. Again, if you want more information or wish to register, go to www.marriagefamilylife.net. Again, that's www.marriagefamilylife.net. And click on Register Now to register. Uh, the theory, The theme for this year is for his glory alone. So we would ask that you please pray much for this conference, for the Lord anointed, to do a powerful work in the lives of every single attendee. Father, again, we thank you for the upcoming conference. Thank you for your hand of grace upon it. Anoint the final plans and preparations that are being done in preparation for it. Lord, anoint the whole event with a mighty, mighty, mighty anointing. Set it on fire in a greater way. On fire of your Holy Spirit, do it. Use it, Lord, to cause revival to break out in our church worldwide more and more for your glory. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Uh, We're looking today at the topic, A Mother's Faith. And we've been looking at some wonderful uh, examples of mothers putting their faith to work in the Word of God. We invite you to look with us now in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, From all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you, and you you, behind you and your sons, then pour it onto pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Verses 1 through 7, 2 Kings chapter 4. And again, as we're looking at the topic of mother's faith, here this is an very interesting and a very powerful story of a widow that is coming to Elisha for wisdom. She was, she was needing wisdom from God about how to address her situation. Her husband, who had served the Lord in his lifetime, had passed away. And now she was a widow left with her sons, and now creditors were coming to take her sons away to be slaves. Well, again, She needed God's wisdom to know how to address the problem. And remember this, in all of life, with all the challenges and all the storms we come across, remember, 
in either direct statement or in principle, God always has an answer. His word always has answer, the answer or the wisdom we need to address a situation, to overcome in a given situation. So Elisha responded, uh, basically he wanted to know, well, what do you have in your house? And just to kind of summarize what happened, Elisha gave her instruction basically as to how to start a family business. She, he told them how to start an oil business specifically. They had a little oil and he told her to gather lots of vessels, and they gathered who knows how many vessels. The Lord knows how many it was. But so that they had quite quite a few vessels gathered, she and her sons, and God multiplied the oil and blessed them so that they could pay off all their debts and had some left over for her and her sons to live on. God miraculously multiplied what she had. Now, keep in mind, one of the principles at work here was her husband had served the Lord. So apparently in his life, he planted some seeds of obedience to God, and God multiplied that blessing back as he blessed his widow and his sons even after he was gone. And so she was wise enough to seek God for wisdom as to what to do. Remember this, God always has wisdom to help us address any challenge, any difficulty, any problem. Our reaction is never to throw up our hands and say this is a hopeless situation. If you know God, you're never hopeless. And this mom demonstrated great faith, and God, again, by his mercy and grace and favor, blessed her with a, a family business to help take care of her debts and, ble- and to help provide for her and her family as well. Father, thank you, Lord, for the wisdom of this mom. Thank you for this example of how you provided in a very tough situation. And Lord, help us to be mindful that many of our listeners face tough and difficult situations right now, but none of those problems are too big for you. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Help us to be wise enough to always seek your wisdom, your guidance, and your grace. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Continuing in 2 Kings chapter 4, um, now picking up now at verse 8, it says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there, and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. So he said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. Verses 8 through 17. 
2 Kings chapter 4. Interesting story of a woman who, by her wisdom and grace, she sought first the kingdom of heaven, and God blessed her for it. In other words, she took the initiative to try to just to be a blessing to the servant of God, Elisha the prophet. When he would come through the area, she and her husband provided a place for him to stay, a, 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 you might say kind of a hotel room of sorts for free, a place for him to stay and a place for him to abide. And what a, what a blessing it was to Elisha. And so God reached through Elisha to bless the woman. And so she didn't ask for anything, but her Gehazi's, uh, Gehazi, Elisha's servant, realized she didn't have any children. So he told Elisha she has no children. And so God sent the word through Elisha, this time next year you'll have a child. Now, her initial reaction was one of just, it just seemed like it was such a big blessing to receive, it was hard for her to grasp it. And initially her thoughts were, Lord, don't, and you know, uh, a man of God, Brother Elisha, don't, don't lie to me. Don't make something up. But God, sure enough, blessed her with a son. And as, if you continue to read, you find out sometime later, something happened to the child based on what the Scripture says. It appears he was apparently out playing and had sort of a, a heat stroke of sorts and died. But God used Elisha to raise the little boy back from the dead. And so she was blessed not only with a son, but when her son died, God raised him from the dead. But also later on, during the time of famine, God sent a word through Elisha that they would be going through a time of famine, and he told her to pack up and move to another community. And they did that, and eventually the woman and her family came back. And when they came back, God in his sovereignty blessed her so that she was able to fully reclaim all her land and her possessions and to get all the monies that uh, were earned on her land while she was gone. That was the blessing of the Lord, but it's a, it's an example of the scripture that tells us, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. This was a young woman who was wise enough to put God first and put God serve, put, to put serving God first, and God blessed her tremendously for it. Even initially, she was barren. God blessed her to have a child, and then God blessed her to her child uh, died because of illness, and God raised the child back from the dead. And then finally, even in a time of difficulty, uh, a time of famine in the land, they were God used Elisha to give her a word of wisdom to where she could pack up and move to a place where she would be provided for. And when she when they came back, God blessed them to get all their land back, plus the monies that would have been earned had they stayed as well. That's the blessing of God. Father, thank you, Lord, again, for this mother of faith. Thank you for all the mothers of faith in the Word of God who trust you through all kinds of difficulties, all kinds of trials. Thank you, Lord, for each and every mom mentioned in Scripture that has a life that is a good example to teach us about trusting you and walking with you by faith. Lord, help us to grow in understanding the fact that we're called to, to live and move and have our being and to do everything we do by faith. Help us to be wise enough to make that our goal for each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. As we usually do before we end the broadcast, we want to offer once again the opportunity. If someone is listening, if you're listening today and you know you've never made the all-important decision of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life. We'd like to give you that opportunity now. 
If from your heart you want to make that step and fully place your heart and your whole life in his hands, would you simply from your heart pray this prayer with us now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me with an everlasting love. You loved me so much that you came to this world a long time ago. You lived, you died on the cross to pay for all the wrong things I've done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and committed your heart to Christ, we want to be in touch with you. My email, once again, is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you, going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be sure and email us to get that information. Again, joseph at afr.net. Also, if you'd like to get a copy of the, uh, the article we shared earlier, the title of the article, A Mother's Journey of Faith. Again, same email, joseph at afr.net. We're glad to share it with you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.